This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the worship. We're about ready to get into the Word of God uh, this morning. And so turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18. We're continuing our series um, uh, you and me. And so this is the final um, uh, sermon uh, for this series. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope your marriage is getting better. I hope your outlook of marriage is better. I hope you're, mo- you're even more hopeful about your marriage and or your future marriage. Um, and so uh, let's jump in. We got, I got some questions I'm going to answer and uh, get into the word here. And I pray that you're ministered to. All right. So once again, Proverbs chapter five, verse 18, we're gonna start there and let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you, Lord, uh, for anointing your word. We pray that we are transformed on the inside, in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions, in our life. We pray that marriages get better as a result of this word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Here we go. Proverbs 5.18. I'm going to read out of the ASV version first, and then I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Uh, As you guys, those of you that do know, my wife, she loves the Amplified version. Um, It really breaks it down. It it amplifies the scripture, kind of unpacks it and, and, uh, and describes it. At, at kind of like a higher level as you're reading it. It's kind of cool. But here we go. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of thy youth. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18. Here it is in the Amplified. Uh, let your fountain, and then in parentheses it says wife, okay, uh, be blessed, okay, with the rewards of fidelity, meaning marital faithfulness, okay? There are rewards to being faithful to your spouse. There are rewards to being faithful husbands to your wife. There are rewards, wives, in being faithful to your husband. It says, let your fountain wife be blessed with the rewards of fidelity and rejoice in the wife of your youth, okay? Um, I just wanted to share that. I mean, I love that verse and it, it, it correlates joy and being blessed and being happy and enjoying marriage. It says, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is difficult. Marriage is a challenge. Relationships are a challenge. Marriage relationship, it's the closest you're ever gonna get to any other person in the world. It is the closest human relationship you will have. It is the nature of marriage. Uh, the Bible says you become one flesh. Nowhere in any other relationship is that a fact. Uh, we could be really close friends and we could even be like, you know, like, uh, like have like a healthy kind of soul tie or connection with somebody. But marriage is, you, you know, the, the man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. I mean, this is it. So with that, there's challenges. Can I say, can I get an amen? Somebody. With that, it's not always easy. With that, 
my ego, my pride, my selfishness, uh, my way is going to be challenged uh, because that's the nature of covenant. That's what it does. I talked about it last week that covenant is an environment. It is a relationship that challenges you to grow as a person in your faith and your outlook towards humanity and God himself. Marriage is where you're gonna grow. But even with, I mean, that's all beautiful and great. The process of growth is painful. The process of growth is challenging. But even with all that, we can rejoice in the wife of our youth. Amen? So here we go, okay? I wanna um, just read a question here and, um, and uh, just kind of answer it as best I can. But after being married for a while now, what is something you would tell your newly married self? And this is kind of cool. You might want to you might want to write this down. Okay, so I'm going to answer it my way. Um, and what I what what I really I put some thought to this myself. And and much of my thought at this point, it was positive. It was a positive thing. I I I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for our marriage. I'm thankful God brought us together. And so once again, after being married for for a while now, which um, I'll, we'll be celebrating 12 years uh, this May, May 22nd, 2021 will be 12 years of marriage with Crystal Gale and I. So after being married for a while, what is something you would tell your newly married self? This is what I, 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 I'm honest here. This is what I would say. If, if, if I were to go back in time and prophesy to myself, this is what I say. It's going to get better. It wasn't bad or horrible, but I, for real. My marriage, it's getting better. I think it's because maybe, maybe I'm getting a little better, okay? What's another one? Um, here's another thought I had. If I could go back and tell myself this when I first got married, here it is. You're attracted to this woman and enjoying getting to know her, but your marriage carries a greater divine purpose than you realize, okay? I have realized that in time of being married, the divine purpose in my wife and I getting married. I see that in the local church we pastor and what we've done and what the doors of God has opened to us as a couple and as a married couple and our kids. I just really see more now, 12 years later, almost 12 years, uh, the divine purpose of our relationship and what God has done on, on a kingdom level. It, it's, it's, it's blown my mind. Okay. Uh, what's another one? What's another thing I would say? Uh, I would say this to myself if, if at year one, um, if uh, I could go back and tell myself this, I would say you have all the feels now, but you're going to develop a great friendship with her. Okay. Because you know, that, that initial stage is just your, your emotions are heightened. It's like, man, it's like love is in the air. You know what I mean? All the love songs. When you listen to a love song and you're in that state, you're like, man, this is my song, right? My wife and I have a couple songs uh, that are that are that 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 are like our, our own little love songs. You know what I'm saying? But um, but you have all the feels now. But you're going to develop a great friendship with her. Okay. Um, here's the last one I would say with the answer to this question. Then I'm going to read scripture. But here it is. This is what I tell myself 12 years ago. She's going to support you in your calling and you're going to support her in her calling as well. Um, I, I see that now that we really are, are 
the, the greatest cheerleaders of our purpose and what we're individually called to do, um, we encourage and challenge one another in our calling. And I see that more now than ever. Okay, so there we go. Now write that question down. Ask yourself. Sit down with your spouse. My wife and I did this. It was fun. So after being married for a while, now what is something you would tell your newly married self? Here it is. Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 43. And I want to just uh, share this verse with respect to uh, being uh, married and in a, uh, in a relationship, in a marriage relationship, and just the importance of serving. So Mark 10, Verse 43, I'm going to read to 45, okay? Um, Yet it shall not be so among you. He's talking about how the Gentiles, when they're in leadership and in authority, um, they, they, they exercise their authority and they don't serve. But Jesus responded to that saying, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant And whoever of you desires to be first uh, shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That is marriage right there. That I did not come into this uh, to be served, but to serve. Any relationship in the kingdom of God when you have submitted your life to the Lord Jesus and you said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you have taken on his nature and he is your example. So in marriage, that is our focus. That is our approach that we would we come before God and we come uh, before that person we're married to and we say, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And like I said before, the marriage relationship is the same. It's a, it's a picture. It's a, it's an, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an example of a representation of the relationship with Christ and the church, his bride. And so we, when we enter marriage, I'm saying this, that this has got to be the focus that I'm here to serve. I am here not to be served, but to serve. And whatever I sow, I will reap. But 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 I'm I'm here to serve. I am here as a husband to love my wife. And she comes in the relationship with the same heart and attitude. That is the making of a great marriage that will last until we all go be with Jesus. You came into your marriage not to be served, but to serve. All right, so um, once again, serving is the foundation of a healthy marriage, serving one another. That's the focus. I like to say it this way. Love is all about giving. Lust is all about taking. And so uh, that's, 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 that is a difference between lust and love. And even within sex in the marriage, I am here to serve. Um, and it, this covers everything. I mean, uh, your, your, your sex... Uh, communication, uh, just day-to-day life, just going through the rhythm of life. I am here to serve, okay? So I just want to give you the definition of those two words real quick because this kind of says a lot here, okay? I'm going to break it down. 
So it says here in, in verse 44, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. Slave, it's in the Greek, it's the word doulos. Um, if you wanna be great, um, and I'll say it this way, if you want a great marriage, you gotta be serving one another. Uh, that, that is the making of a great marriage, okay? So this is what it means in the Greek, slave, doulos. This is what it means. It means uh, someone who belongs to another. Somebody say marriage, bond slave. Okay, look it. I know that word slave is, is, a, is a strong word and it's used and it is a horrific um, thing in the wrong context. And we all know that, uh, but here is what it's saying here, okay? This is what Jesus is saying though. This is by definition. It is used of the highest dignity in the New Testament, okay? Namely, of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority, okay? That's, that's, that's the word doulos, as his devoted followers. Here it is, voluntary subjection to another. That's marriage. Voluntary, not, not, not coerced into it, manipulated into it, abused into it, lied into it. No, voluntary subjection to another. That is marriage that I, the Bible says that in, 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 in the community of believers, it says that we are to submit to one another, okay? So that is what a great marriage is made up is somebody goes, man, I want a great marriage, so I'm gonna be the slave. The slave in the Greek definition of this word is used of the highest dignity and it is a voluntarily subjecting to others. I tell, I use these scriptures when I teach leadership in our community, those that wanna lead at Hopeland Church. Serving is leading. If you are too big to serve, you are too little to lead. If you're too big to serve, you're too little to lead. If you will not kneel to serve somebody, you aren't fit to step up to lead. If you wanna step up, you gotta kneel down. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's the word slave. Okay, the word serve. Okay, it's the word diacono. It's where you get the word deacon. Okay, um, I know that title is used a lot in the church and certain churches, uh, but it literally means minister or serve. So, so slave is more my position, my heart, my motive. I am here to subject myself. I place myself under those that I'm connected to, okay? Voluntarily subject myself to. Jesus voluntarily subjected himself to the Father and subjected himself in serving broken, sinful humanity. He did not come to be served. He came to serve. So slave is how I position myself, how I, how I place myself, voluntarily subject myself to, okay? Serve is different, okay? It's a different word, diakono in the Greek. It means to actively serve. So slave is more about my position and posture and motive, which I believe carries a lot of weight. And when I do position myself that way, practically, I serve. I diakoneo. 
diaconeo, diacono, diacony, different variations. It all means this, actively serve, meaning I actually do something for my spouse. I actually take a step in serving. This is what it literally means. It's an active word. It's, it's very much, it's like, it, it can be used as a noun, but it's, it's a verb. Um, it means to kick up the dust. So it's like to get to serving, do something, to kick up dust because I'm on the move, okay? It means to kick up dust because I am moving, all right? Um, so caring for the needs of others as the Lord guides in an active and practical way, all right? So that's, that's what that means, okay? So here we go. Um, what fears did you have before marriage that have di dissolved since becoming married? Here's another question. What fears um, did you have before, um, before marriage that you have dissolved since becoming married? Number one, I had a fear of divorce. Um, I've shared this a lot before, but both of my parents divorced a lot. I mean, a lot of my family in general, I mean, um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of friends, fam I mean, divorce was just a huge part and a very real part of my childhood all the way up until my young adult years when it came to uh, my family and um, my parents, okay? So I don't say that to shame them at all. I love my parents, and uh, but it's just uh, marriage was not uh, consistent uh, in uh, my family. So I had a fear of divorce, okay? Um, another one, um, um, another fear I had was that she was going to be controlling and horrible with money. Um, I had a fear because I heard a lot of that language coming up about women and about within, all, you could imagine, right? Like as a kid, everybody's getting divorced like multiple times, right? Both parents and uh, you're a part of them and walking through them. So you hear all the negative, right? You kind of absorb all that. And I'm like, oh man, um, she's going to try to control me and she's going to be horrible with money, right? So obviously that is not the case. Uh, that's not the case at all uh, with my marriage, but it was a fear and it has dissolved over time. Uh, the next one I had was... Um, that she wasn't going to be on the same level as me spiritually. I don't know if saying that, some of you that know me and know my wife are probably laughing right now, and that's fine. You can laugh at me all you want. It's okay. It's all good. Uh, but um, but I really, um, I, I didn't know. I, I mean, and I, it was a fear because um, I think in, in, the, in, the, in the circles I was coming up in my faith in and uh, I, I was single for my all my from obviously teenage years. Of, I'm talking about salvation now. Once I got saved, I didn't get married until I didn't meet Crystal Gill till I was 32, and I got married at 33. So I was serving the Lord for a good 15 years, um, and just uh, all my friends, um, you know, were just obviously single, and we were doing the single thing. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I kept myself very busy with school, ministry, and work. Uh, and so with that though, I was always like, man, cause you know, you'd hear stories of, oh, they got married and then one of them fell away from the Lord. And it's just like, man, that's a, I mean, you gotta marry the right one, you know? And that was a fear. I was like, man, is she gonna be able to hold it down spiritually? And I was, I was pleasantly surprised um, that she 
is um, she's a, she doesn't come across as being kind of overtly kind of, she's not like a show off. She kind of holds things close to her heart. So it took me some time. But once I got to know her, I was like, man, she's a lot deeper than I thought. And um, so, you know, I was humbled through that. Like, wow, okay. Um, okay, she can hold her own in the spirit. That's what I needed, though. I was like, I'm not playing. I don't want just some, I, I mean, I, I was attracted to her, but I didn't just want that. I'm like, I need somebody that's going to that's gonna be able to do some, some spiritual work and carry some spiritual weight and know how to pray and genuinely have a relationship with Jesus. I mean, and she... My wife is that. I am thankful that my wife is strong in the Lord. Uh, I trust her ability to hear from God. I trust the revelation she gets. I trust her her character. Her um, she she is legit. And so anyway, that was um, another fear. And so what I would say is is that. Um, Talk about those things to your spouse and or I want you to, if you have fears, I want you to lift them up before the Lord and pray over those things and give them to God. Allow him to work in your life, in your relationships, in bringing a deliverance and a freedom in the area of fear in your life. So with respect to fear, I want to read 1 John chapter 4, okay, verse 17. And this is powerful powerful verse here about fear and love, okay? 1 John 4, 17 and 18. I'm gonna read it all and then we'll talk about it. But love has been perfected among us in this, perfected or matured, brought to maturity, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Love, God's love. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Praise the Lord. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. I want you to say that out loud. Say, there is no fear in love. Say it again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. I want you to say that. Say perfect love casts out fear. Okay, say it again. Say perfect love casts out fear. All right, because fear involves torment. Okay, love, there's no torment in love. People say, man, this whole thing about being faithful in marriage, what if What if there's torment? What if there's, what if there's all kind of fear of, whatever, abuse or this and that, um, and, and, it's, and the things are really happening. There's a reason there's fear there because there's torment or abuse. Well, those things need to be rectified and dealt with and there needs to be boundaries, okay, and all that. Because in a marriage relationship, love is the foundation and, um, and that love between two people, it, that divine love now, that will destroy your fear. Okay, and that happened to me. I've had some um, fears, right, as I, as I shared, but the love of God directly um, that I've experienced from the Lord directly and through his people, and then the love of God in my wife, man, has destroyed that fear. So there is no love, no, sorry, there is no fear in love, verse 18. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, okay? But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I wanna just focus on that for a second here. But he who fears has not been made perfect in 
love. Okay, so perfect love right here. This word perfect is literally um, a process of maturity. And I talked about this last week, okay, kind of about how in marriage, we, we get matured, we grow up. It's something about covenant relationship, God's intention and heart for it is that we grow, is that we develop. And this word perfect is that, is that uh, it says here that, but he who fears is not made perfect in love, okay? Uh, and that word perfect means this. It means to consummate. It means reaching the end stage. And here it is, here it is. This is how love is perfected in your marriage. And it takes time. We positionally are loved by God. Fear has no right to operate in our life because of who Christ is and who he is in us, okay? The devil's under our feet. Uh, but there's a... This, this other notion with our walk with God, this process of sanctification and walking in freedom, okay, that, that our encounter with God is one thing. Walking in freedom is an entirely different story. And so what I'm talking about here is, yes, we are positioned in love, and that is our, our privilege and our right in Christ. But look at this. It says, but he who fears has not been made, made perfect process. And by definition, this is what it means again, working through the entire process and stages. This is what perfect means. It means maturation or the process of maturation, of maturity. It means working through the entire process and stages to reach the final phase or conclusion, okay? So if fear is plaguing you in some area of your life, it is a sign that love must be worked in and through and perfected in you. That, that in marriage, this is what we do. The love of God in us for our spouse and, and, and through uh, in Christ, through us to our spouse is that whatever they are dealing with, that we work, the love of God in us will, will, will grace us and empower us to work through the entire process until they reach the end of their actual deliverance and freedom in that area. And that is the love of God being perfected. When we allow the love of God to work in us, to be perfected in us, we then um, are, are, are empowered in, in the love of God. It is a process. And, and when we allow that, uh, we are matured in the love of God, all right? Uh, this is um, so important in a marriage relationship. This is so important. The love of God being perfected is so important just for you and your own freedom. But in a marriage relationship, you are there for that person that you can, in a sense, quote unquote, okay, be Christ and be the love of Christ to your spouse, when they are going through something, you are the love of God to them, walking with them, being faithful to them, praying for them, encouraging them, listening to them, uh, you know, ministering to them, serving them, and, and that love will allow uh, and, and empower them 
to continue and to experience um, the, the, the conclusion and the consummation of that perfected love in their life. All right, here, I got another question here uh, for myself and I'm gonna answer it. Uh, but what differences were you aware of before you got married that you've had to work through? I, 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 and there's a lot, okay? There's a lot of differences. One in particular was uh, we did uh, some premarital counseling with um, my wife's uncle and auntie, um, Uncle Alvin and Auntie Lena in Canada. Uh, before I got married, I, I, w I went out there a couple times and we got to sit with them and do some counseling with them. And one of the things that came up was our our priority structure was different, okay? Uh, my wife's put it down um, as like God first, family second, ministry third. And then I, when I did it, I put God first, ministry second, family third. So she put God, family, ministry in that order. I put God, ministry, family. And part of the reason, of course, is that she um, is has a tight-knit family. I, in, in my walk with God, my biological family is not a part of that part of my life. And so uh, I come from a very fragmented family. Um, I still love my family and care for them, but my perspective, my priority structure up to the point prior to getting married was like, man, it's God ministry. And then I do have family. I visit them in the holidays and we do connect. But, but our, my, our priority structure was different. Is it possible that even in the context I was coming from, that my perspective had some unhealthiness in it? If I didn't allow God to really work in me when it comes to family, yes, absolutely. And we've worked through that. I've never, I, I've never had a theological perspective per se and, and, own, and, and took ownership of it where it's like church comes before my kids. I've, that's not, but, but initially it made me think before I got married, I'm like, wow, this is how my life is. It's God ministry and then I have family. And my wife's like, well, I got God, family, and then ministry is, the work of ministry is secondary to those things. And so we worked them out. We worked through those things, all right? And once again, some of those things were fears of mine, right? No, I didn't want my family to pull me out of ministry. They weren't walking with God, didn't understand my lifestyle in serving the Lord. Uh, but in talking to my wife and, and having communication, I was able to walk through and work through even some of those fears. All right, last question, here we go. How do you guard your marriage? How do you guard your marriage? A lot of different things, a lot of different ways, but I'm just gonna uh, speak to you guys just on one level, something my wife and I do. I'm gonna give you some real practical stuff. But first, to answer that, I wanna read Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18. This is very important. I believe, I hope this really ministers to somebody because it's just something God's been dropping in my spirit something God's been doing in my spirit, in my life, with my wife, and we've seen fruit of this, okay? And we come from an environment where we are busy just like anybody else. We got a lot going on, you know what I'm saying? Um, especially with um, COVID-19, we're, we're church planners, we're, we're in the grind of this um, thing, doing ministry and, and church as a couple. Um, and so there are demands in this and that, and just family life, kids, we just moved to LA to the, 
literally live about 10 minutes from church now. Like we're stoked, we're here, but there's just a lot of changes. Got to change the kids' school, kids' school, kids at home, doing school at home. Um, you know what I'm saying? We got a, we got a one and a half year old. We got a, um, an eight year old, a six year old. You know what I mean? We got ministry, we got church, we got friends. I got, a, I got my skateboard, you know what I'm saying? I got to skate, got to put skating in there. Can't miss skating. You know what I'm saying? Very important. Um, and so, um, here we go. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, uh, but he that keeps the law, happy is he, okay? Now this verse is kind of saying a lot, it's talking about a lot, but I wanna talk about having vision for your marriage. Make sure you got vision, that, that there's this something in your spirit and your heart for future about your marriage. And when that is there, uh, you're gonna have boundaries, restraints. You know, there's borders, there's guardrails. So if, if, if you and your wife, you and your um, spouse, if I'm talking to wives here, you and your husband, that y'all got to have something in your spirit together in unity about where you're going, okay? Because that is like, you got to have like some vision, some prophetic revelation about your marriage. It's got to be there. You, I'm not saying you figure it all out, you know it all. I'm just saying it's there. You know that God is taking you and your spouse somewhere. You guys have vision. You personally need it. And if you personally got it, you got to have it in your marriage. I'm telling you vision, man, that preferred future for your spouse and yourself. Okay. That, that vision. Okay. And with that, without that, you cast off restraint. You, you just, you, no boundaries, just whatever, just doing whatever. And, and, and then there's no restraints. When you got vision, you say no to things. When you got vision, you, you, you don't do everything. When you got vision, you say no to some of the good stuff. When you got vision, you, you learn to say no regularly, okay? And so that's the point. Where there's no vision, the people cast out for strength. Where there's no vision in your marriage, you're not gonna have any boundaries and you need boundaries. So that's how I guard my marriage. I make sure we got vision. Make sure we're going somewhere. And when we do, Boundaries are set, okay? Here are some practical things to do that. Put the date nights on the calendar. Put them on the calendar. Put them down. I got vision. I got vision. My vision is this, is that my kids are gonna move out of my house one day. Somebody say amen. And when that happens, I, I don't wanna be looking at my wife going, I don't even know who you are. Man, I got vision. So we're gonna date and we're gonna put it on the calendar. I'm gonna enjoy it and have fun. We're gonna be spontaneous and have our little impromptu dates. But at the end of the day, I need to put this on the calendar. I put restraints on that calendar because I got vision for my marriage. Number two, don't let the outside forces of life control your family's rhythm. Do not let the outside forces of life control your family's rhythm. Intentionally focus on nurturing your relationship with your spouse. Talk about the calendar together. Schedule everything together. Say no regularly. If you don't say no to anything, uh, there, that's going to be trouble in your marriage. If you don't say no to what's out there, you're gonna, it's going to mess up your marriage. You got to say no. I'm not saying to say no for the sake of saying no. Some people say have a lot easier time saying no than others. Some people it's kind of hard because they just want to be please everybody and, and make everybody else happy. But if you're married, you got one person you need to make happy. I understand the context of those other things, but you talk about them together. You talk about them together. That calendar 
is love. You could say, man, I love my wife, but if it's not on the calendar, I don't know. You could say, man, I love to date, but if it's not on the calendar, you know what I mean? Calendar tells you what's really going on. Number three, nobody else controls the rhythm of your life but you. All right, you can. You, that's character in your marriage. This is where restraints come in. You got vision, so you're like, man, nobody has control of the rhythm of your life but you. Uh, and 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 infidelity and marital um, just um, brokenness and all that. Uh, sometimes we think some deep, some some dark, scary demon comes in and and, and tempts your husband to ha- sleep with some other girl. Or, and and uh, and I'm not saying those temptations just can't come out of nowhere or whatever. But I'm just saying. This, I'm talking about proactively guard your marriage. Put the dates on the calendar, all right? And set those restraints and learn to say no to even good things because look, it's not a priority. I got vision. My vision is I'm gonna be married to this woman until I go be with Jesus. And because of that, I got restraints, okay? Here it is. I'm gonna read the last point here, number four. Um, just It's more of a couple sentences, but with respect to how do I guard my marriage. Number four, this, this will keep you, this, this, this notion of restraints and saying no, this will keep you at a pace that is healthy for your marriage. It'll, don't, you don't have to move at the pace of everybody outside of your marriage. You move at the pace you determine with the vision God's given you for your marriage. And, and, and so what does that do? It keeps you at a pace in life that is healthy for your marriage. Have the character to not be overly busy. It takes character and decisiveness to say no to even good things, even things that you like. Say no to them. You might, I'm not saying say no forever, but you may need to say no for now, okay? Your marriage is more important than any other opportunity, person, or responsibility. I'm gonna say it again. Your marriage is more important than any other opportunity, person, or responsibility. All right, I wanna pray for the marriages right now. Um, So if you're married and you're with your spouse, please take their hand right now. I wanna pray over your marriage. Uh, I wanna pray for your marriage. And uh, I wanna pray for anybody that desires to be married. Um, So Father, right now in Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Uh, We thank you, Father God, for people's marriages. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, uh, Father, for what you're doing in the lives of marriages within this community. And those that may have just jumped on and watched this, I pray for those marriages. I pray for faithfulness, God. I pray for longevity. I pray that you continue to move in the marriages, heal the marriages, bring hope and healing and blessing to the marriages. Father, let, uh, Lord, there be literally the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of those couples. I pray if there's any any frustration, any division, any um, any anything separating the two, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that those things would dissolve in your presence and by the work of your hand. And I pray in the name of Jesus, that God, you would do a holy work inside the couples in Jesus' name. I pray you would continue your work in them, that they would be perfected in love as a result of of their covenant with their spouse, that they would come to completion and they would come through the, the necessary process and stages to be fully perfected in love in the name of Jesus. And Father, I lift up those that aren't married and that do desire to be married. I pray in the name of Jesus 
that you bring the right one, that you lead them, that you give them wisdom, that you keep them, Lord, in the spirit so they can see and discern who it is and how it's working and taking the necessary steps of accountability with others. I pray your blessing on the single people that, that desire to do this thing called marriage and, and relationship right. I pray that your blessing on them in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. And if you're out there and you have not accepted Jesus to be Lord of your life, I wanna lead you in a prayer right now uh, of receiving him and accepting him as your Lord and Savior. So to do that, I'm just gonna ask you to repeat this simple prayer after me of inviting him into your heart and your life. And so just repeat this after me, just say, Jesus, I come to you as I am. I have sinned and I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, wash away my sins. I receive the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. I repent and put my faith in Jesus. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I receive you and I accept you as my Lord. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Praise God. I want to and just encourage you in that I want to say that you have made the best decision of your life. And I wanna give you a, a short little Bible study, seven day Bible study, and we will send it to you digitally. It's just a link uh, to a digital platform. And it's, and it's just a basic little Bible study about taking your ne next steps in your walk with God. And so to do that, simply text the word grow, because I know you wanna grow in your faith. Text the word GROW to 323-405-3232. Once again, text the word GROW to 323-405-3232. I hope you enjoyed the message. My prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you listen to today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and remember to follow us on social media. Peace.